Hello everyone, welcome back to the Lifetime Booking Podcast. My name is Stephen Hook and this is a podcast that is going through the entire breadth and career of Benjamin Satterley, better known to you and I as AEW or current AEW superstar, Pack. Uh, so far as we enter part four uh, in 2011, if you haven't watched, um, if you haven't watched, if you haven't listened to parts one, two and three, which goes from his career starting back in 2004, go back and listen to them, otherwise... You'll lose some context, I guess. Depends how intricately you want to know about Pac and what he's been getting up to. But yeah, they're available wherever you get your podcasts. Go do things and listen to them. Uh, but as we enter part four in his career or in this series in 2011, he has so far been a two-time Dub X Dub World Lightweight Champion. He is a former FWA Flyweight Champion. Three-count wrestling heavyweight champion. He has held belts in Dragon Gate. At this point, he is a one-time, two-time, two-time Open the Triangle champion. Um, and they're all the big ones. Oh, he's also been a PW, PWG World Tag Team champion as well, alongside Roderick Strong. Um, and as we head go into, once again, 2011, for the story of Pac and his career, he is the current reigning Dragon Gate Open the Brave Gate champion, uh, winning the belt back in the tail end of August. Throughout 2011, Pac would continue to be dedicated to Dragon Gate in all three branches of the promotion. Um, of course, the very popular uh, and still concurrent promotion, Dragon Gate in Japan, their expansionary territories, Dragon Gate USA and Dragon Gate UK. Uh, Pac is still active in all three. In 2011, Pac would make his return to PWG as well as the final appearances for One Pro Wrestling. One Pro Wrestling back in, I believe it was 2006, was the first company Pac signed to. Um, so I imagine it's like a full circle thing for him. It would end up being 1PW's final shows uh, before they closed down. Pac, as well as it being like their first promotion that he had signed to, is a former and their inaugural openweight champion with a reign of 217 days. Uh, we'll get to all that though. 137 matches all in all for 2011. Let's go on and get into it with January. Pack opened up January with a return to complete revolutionary wrestling. He previously appeared for them in April 2010 in the in the match at Morpeth Mayhem 4, which is always a fun... Uh, I mentioned this last episode. It's always really fun. These little indie shows name uh, their shows after where they are. You've got the Sitting Poor Sensation or Sitting Burr Sensation, something like that. Morpeth Mayhem 4 uh, in Morpeth. Pack defeated Kohash McQuaid. Terrible name, but it gets better. Kohash McQuaid grows up to become H.T. Drake, a regular on the UK scene. Uh, for me, most probably po popping up in Defiant and North. Pack then returns to Dragon Gate USA for a round-robin tournament to crown the inaugural Open the United Gate Champions. That is their tag team belt. It's Dragon Gate always have to name things weird because... Uh, it, it makes it a little bit special, doesn't it? Uh, Pack would actually go on and actually fucking win the thing. After, what, the first half of last year, or first half of 2010, where he was being all shit and losing, he's now a double champion. He picks up the Open the United Gate Championship alongside his World 1 tag team partner, Masato Yoshino, in the finals, defeating the team of Chuck Taylor and Johnny Gargano, known on the indie scene as Ronin. Um... And yeah, alongside his Open the Dreamgate Championship, he is also 
the brand new Dragon Gate USA Open United Gate champion. So, great way to start off 2011, I'm sure you'll agree. Going into February, and although there's not many like big highlight matches, uh, Pac just has a generally really good record. For February, he returns to Japan for Dragon Gate's Truthgate Tour, going 11 wins out of 13, picking up wins against the likes of Blood Warriors, um, no doubt it's part of World 1, uh, Genki Horiguchi, Yasushi Kanda, Super, uh, Super Shisa, he's already back fucking up my pronunciation, and Super Shen Long, and he even squeezes in a successful defense of his Open the Brave Gate Championship against Naoki Tanazaki. Heading into March, and we open with another defense of his Open the Brave Gate Championship, this time against Ricochet. Ricochet at this point is also a part of um, a rival faction. He's a member of Blood Warriors, who are just fucking up everyone's shit. And with them being two hippy-dippy, flippy gaijins in Land of the Rising Sun, they got uh, put against each other quite a lot. Like a natural, I'm sure behind the scenes friendly rivalry, but in-ring, ultra-aggressive, Knives of Dawn kind of rivalry formed between Ricochet and Pac. I can't remember what number of matches is in their series, but I watched it back. It is so much fun. For me, it is... Everyone always says, like, the height of... Or, like, the genesis or regenesis of... Um, European and North American flippy, dippy wrestling outside of Mexico, because we don't count that, apparently, uh, was Will Ospreay versus Ricochet at a oh god where where didn't they do it they did it in japan they did it in even though i said north america and europe before then japan i know they did it at defiance defiant wcpw whatever it was at the time and i feel like they must have done it in pwg but either way they always say a lot of wrestling fans i see online always say that the height or the genesis of that style of wrestling peaked or was ushered in with osprey ricochet but watching this match back, I it has to have come from here because they take some gnarly bumps whilst doing the most athletically gifted stunts and choreography you could ever imagine. Uh, they trade 630s, which in itself is a fucking wild sentence. Uh, they, because, okay, yeah, they are very like athletic and very gymnastic based offense between them. They're both quite well built, even in their early ages. No pack, like double the size by the by now in real life but even then he was starting to pack on the muscle so they wouldn't just like out flip each other that one of them would go for a flip and one of them would just power move out of it or just shoulder barge and watch them crumble and die it was great um there was one spot in particular which really really made me feel uneasy i don't know how much of it was planned they might just be really 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 good at the wrestling um but pack was going for a top rope springboard so He's near the he's near the turnbuckle, and you've got the uh, two sets of ring ropes going like right angles. He's got jumping off one side. It looks like he's already falling forward, but then Ricochet just sort of like batters him sideways. So then that causes Pack to fall over the adjacent top rope onto the side ring canvas and then onto the floor. I don't know if that was the planned spot, and they are just that good, but my goodness me it looked like such a horrible bump to take and it was amazing uh the only thing that's a detractor from the match is a clean shaven no tattoo ricochet is a very cursed image so you take your wins with your losses um 
But it was a great match. Pack successfully defenses open to Brave Gate champions, like I said. And yeah, it's uh, I found it on. I'm pretty sure I found it on YouTube, so it is out there for you to peruse. Uh, I don't know what the name of it is, but I know Dragon Gate is at least part of the. I think they've got their own streaming service actually. So if you are so inclined, look at it through that way, and maybe um, give back to Dragon Gate. But yeah, if you just want to sample a match, it is out there. Ricochet Pack, uh, Dragon Gate, March 2011. I can't think what the show was called, and I don't have it in front of me. But oh, chest kiss wrestling. Elsewhere in March, towards the start of it actually, there was an eight-man tag team loser revives survival elimination match, which I think means if an elimination occurs, it then brings back a superstar from the other team that's already been eliminated, which sounds like it can last forever because... You've got numbers game. Well, it can either last forever or last like ten, like five minutes because you've got numbers advantage. And if you get two numbers advantage, and obviously you've you've always got one down, one up, so it's always going to stay equal. But then, if you just get like say two or three, that means that you basically got like an entire team against one or two guys. I think it sounds a little bit convoluted, but what do I know? I I'm not a promoter of wrestling. I could barely talk about it. The match was. Blood Warriors members Shima, Naoki Tanizaki, Norushidoi, and Ricochet versus World 1 members BB Hulk, Masato Yoshino, Pac, and Susumu Yasuka. Yokosuka, excuse me. Uh, World 1 would lose. Blood Warriors once again getting um, the getting the dub over yet another faction. Uh, they are a bunch of bastards, these Blood Warriors. Ruining everyone's good time, quite frankly. A bit like R.E.D. in the current day. Dragon Gate doing all of this has made me watch a bit more Dragon Gate in real life. So I, I, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I just want to share that with you all. Pack would round off the month of March with a couple of wins with World 1 over Blood War. So not quite getting the big match win back from that eight-man tag team loser arrives survival elimination match. I almost got it. Um, but still just getting a, a, slight, a slight modicum of revenge, which is always lovely. Heading into April and we go back across the pond for Dragon Gate USA, a few more appearances with that promotion. Both of PAX titles were defended during this stay in the US. Over a two-night period, PAX would first of all defend his Open the Brave Gate Championship against Akira Tozawa. This is all part, well, that was part of um, Dragon Gate USA Mercury Rising. And then the following night for Dragon Gate USA Open the Ultimate Gate, PAX and Masato Yoshina would defend their United Open the United Gate Championships against Blood Warriors made it members Shima and Naruki Doi. After all that, though, they would go back to Japan for a a double of tours. Um, not all good happened. Not all good things happened at this tour. First of all, which is very, very good, as part of the Champion Gate tour, um, or Champion Gate show, I should say, Pac would successfully defend his Open United Gate Championships with Misato Yoshino against Dragon Kid and Ricochet of Blood Warriors. Alongside that, Pack would then challenge for the Open the Triangle Gate Championships alongside BB Hulk and Susumu Yokosuka. Uh, reigning champions at the time were Blood Warriors members Shima, Dragon Kid, and that boy Ricochet once again. Um, World 1 would lose. Blood Warriors would uh, retain their Triangle Gate Championships. And because of that, World 1 had to disband. Um, a stipulation was brought into the match 
I'm not sure if it was always a planned thing. I couldn't find up too much notes about it. But yeah, after Typhoon crumbled in what, the Christmas of 2009? Um, or 2008, maybe? I think it must be 2008. So yeah, after the uh, 2008, 2009, af basically after the crumbling of his previous stable, Typhoon, he finally found a new family, so to speak, with uh, World 1. They're meant to be going against the big bads of Blood Warriors, but then Blood Warriors, the, the bad guys won. They Thanosed World 1. Um, so that's a bit sad. Pack driven, driven, I say, by this heartbreak and this tumultuous uh, level of feelings that were going on inside his noggin, would lose one match out of the next 10 as part of the gate of passion tour um just going on a murder because his second family's dead he is batman and uh nightwing has just fallen awkwardly and snapped his neck because of robin is that injustice i think that's injustice because he just brings him as like my son is dead pack's son is world one in this very convoluted and unnecessary example. But as with any good comic book analogy, um, no one ever really stays dead. On the 24th of April, Pack, alongside his former World 1 brethren, BB Hulk, Susumu Yokosuka, and Masato Yoshino, would align themselves with Masachi, try again, Masaki Mochizuki to form a new stable. To go against Blood Warriors. Because still Blood Warriors are being dicks. Um, and it is very important for everyone. That they stop doing that. And allow the rest of Dragon Gate to continue nicely. And to um, just, just live in harmony and at peace. Or something. So yes. This group is not named until June. But there is a silent agreement between these gentlemen. Uh, for the time being. To try and bring down Shima and his Blood Warrior stable. Before that though we still have to get through May. And Pat continues what's been a very successful Gate of Passion tour. He ends the tour with 11 wins to 3. His unnamed alliance mostly scoring wins over Blood Warriors. And then on the 5th he takes part in the Dead or Alive Dragon Gate pay-per-view. Uh, Dragon Gate don't really do full on pay-per-views. That often, or that might just be because of me paying attention in 2021. Um, they really can't because the world exploded. Um, but yeah, these little events always do, always, you know, a bit of a pop, so to speak. Uh, during the Dead or Alive event, Pax essentially defended his Open to Brave Gate Championship against Naruki Doi. Going on through the months, he teamed with his brand new allies, um, almost as like a full team straight off the bat. He teamed with BB Hulk, Masashi Mokuzla. Why can't I say his name today? Masaki Mochizuki, Masati Yoshino. There we go. Uh, the four of them, obviously those three, along with Pack, defeated Blood Warriors members Shima, Dragon Kid, uh, Genki Horiguchi, and Ricochet as part of the Aggressive Gate Tour in Gifu, Japan. Uh, Pack would lose in the first round of the 2011 King of Gate Tournament to uh, Blood Warriors members Dragon Kid. Very, very sad. Uh, King of Gate is an annual 16-person single elimination tournament. 
uh, it would stay like that until it became a round robin sort of thing, similar to the G1 Climax. Uh, for better or for worse, Dragon Kid didn't win either. So we didn't get knocked out by the eventual winner, but then uh, the Blood Warriors guy didn't win. I say that not writing down who actually won the tournament, so I don't know if I've got causation to be happy. But then I always feel like that. Once again, pack challenge for the Oakland Shining Gate Championships. Uh, once more, again, and again, and again, teaming up with BB Hulk and Masashi Yoshino. Uh, Shima, Dragon Kid, Ricochet, still successful. They they will not let go of those motherfucking championships. And then things get a little bit odd. You see, following that successful um, championship defense at King of Gate, Night 3, Blood Warriors betrayed Dragon Kid and booted his bottom out of the group. Which is awkward because, you know, they are open the Triangle Gate champions with, though he is the open Triangle Gate champion alongside Shima and Ricochet. The belts would get vacated later that night because obviously. Um, and then Pac would spend the rest of the King of Gate tour teaming up with his former uh, rival, both and in the singles world and in. Uh, stable warfare in dragon kid i'm pretty sure in uh dragon gate sorry pretty sure dragon kid defeated him for the dubx dub world lightweight championships at least once um i twist in a narrative so to speak in the world of blood warriors and this is why pack and the lads teamed up with mochizuki to try and murder blood warriors and i think by now we can all agree blood warriors should be dead because they're just ruining everything Pack then fulfilled one date for the Aggressive Gate Tour before returning for a short stint back in the UK. Blighty, we're back. Um, it was his final show, like I said at the start of the show, or the top of the hour, whatever this is. Um, his final appearances for One Pro Wrestling before they closed in August. Um, like I said, Pack was their inaugural Openweight Champion back in 2006. He would hold the belt for 217 days. Um, they were the first promotion to sign him on a long time deal um so yeah it's i imagine for pack it would have been a bit solemn to see the company go but for someone who likes a happy ending i think it's quite nice that he was able to go back one more time uh just to see after company this is when i find out one pw closed down because of some horrendous thing that they did and i look foolish but hopefully it's not that and they just closed down because of money or whatever Furthest 1PW appearance for 1PW Last Stand in Queen's Ferry, Wales. Pack teamed up with Mark Caskins, um, his new Dragon Gate Gaijin bro that he can chat to every now and again. Uh, that team lost to the leaders of the new school, Marty Scarl and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, whilst Pack is in Europe, he goes and makes his debut for Dutch Pro Wrestling. Uh, he challenges immediately for the DPW uh, championships in a losing effort to defending champion Max Damon. Uh, it was a weird show. I did have a bit of a look. This is, so DPW that was their that's their sole championship. Uh, I don't know. I think this is one of the companies that have since gone under, but for the time at least, this was their top championship and their sole championship. And it was the third match on the card. Uh, the entire event, I think, had four more matches, so seven or eight in total. Uh, yeah, about seven matches in total. Um, the headline 
match was Mark Kodiak, who I was not familiar with, versus Kevin Nash, who I think we're all a bit familiar with. Um, yeah, weird event, DPW. Um, again, though, who am I to judge the booking prowess of an established wrestling company whilst I sit here and talk about it on the internet? Let's leave all that behind us, though, into June and then back across to America for Dragon Gate USA shows. Pac would successfully defend his Open United Gate Championships alongside Masato Yoshino, uh, defeating the tag team of Akira Tozawa and Yamato. This was for the GG USA Fearless pay-per-view in Revere, 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 Massachusetts. You don't get a fancy inflection at the end of Massachusetts. You dick. Um... In my notes after that, I've written cool three-way. So I don't know what I was going for, but it's definitely not a three-way. It's just a standard tag team match. Good job past me. I think it had something to do with the fall. Yeah, because my notes and me only thought, say, Pac then challenged for their top title, the Open the Freedom Gate Championship, and I didn't write down the full match information. So I'm going to guess those two notes are connected. So BRB. <laughs> And we're back. Hopefully I remember to put some funky music in there. Uh, so, as part of this stint in Dragon Gate USA, the cool three-way alluded to a three-way match between uh, Pac, Rich Swan, and Ricochet, which Ricochet won. This was for DG USA Uprising, an event the, the night after Fearless. And then the night after that, as part of the Dragon Gate USA Enter Dragon 2011 second anniversary celebration pay-per-view in New York. Pack with challenge for the Open to Freedom Gate Championship in a losing effort to Yamato. Um, I'm not quite sure what happened when I wrote this bulk of notes. I'm sure you'll agree it was a good thing I went back and found that information for you. You're all way more educated now in the life of Pack during the time of June 2011, and I'm sure you're going to use that throughout your life um, going forward. After all that, McGovern's Pack returned to Japan for the Gate of Maximum Tour on the 8th of June. Pack would finally unveil, alongside all his new mates, the name of their brand new stable, and it was going to be called Junction 3. The name would come from the representation from the members of the new faction, representing former stables World 1, Kamikaze, and the Veteran Gun. That same day, it's like, whoa, cool, we finally got a name, we've got matching gear, we've got a slogan, probably some music. High fives all around, lads. BB Hulk. Um, one of the founding members immediately turns on the stable and aligns himself with the Blood Warriors. Um, it all stems from BB Hulk. He won the 2011 King of Gate tournament. I remember now. Yep. Yep. So that was the one where Dragon Kid beat Pack in the first round and then Dragon Kid didn't win. I was like, oh boy, I really hope no one from Blood Warriors wouldn't won. Uh, they didn't. Our boy BB Hulk did, but then he didn't get a championship opportunity for the Open the Dreamgate Championship. Um, Mochizuki said, why don't we give it to uh, Yasushi Kanda instead? And he's like, well, why would you do that, you bastard? And so, yeah, Hulk betrayed Pack, Mochizuki, and all the Junction 3 and Lime Circle Blood Warriors. This is the opposite of what we wanted at this point. Um, I remember reading at the time it was all very confusing. It's still confusing now because why would Masaki Mochizuki give that championship opportunity to 
Kanda of warriors whom he doesn't like. Um, you know what? I'm kind of on Hulk's side with this. This is some bullshit. Um, but we've got to beat him up now. But at the time, you know, kind of shitty. Following the Gate of Maximum Tour, Pac would defend his Open the Brave Gate Championship in the one night only Champion Gate show in Fukuoka, Japan. Uh, he successfully defended against Ricochet. And then later on in the month, Pac would actually pick up the Open the Two and Gate Championships alongside his foe turned friend, Dragon Kid, defeating Blood Warriors members uh, Genki Horiguchi and Ryu Saito. Pac, among other things, is a triple champion. He is the Open the Brave Gate champion. He is the Open the Twin Gate champion. And he, over in Dragon Gate USA, he has won the Open United Gate championships. He is a double tag team champion. And overall, he is a triple champ. He is the champ, champ, champ. He is Golden Pack. We have our Golden Pack back for the first time in quick maths. Is it 2007? It certainly looks like it. Um, although I feel like it happened before then. After then as well. We'll go with 2007 to make it sound much more um, epic. I haven't said that word in a while. But yes, he is a Open Twin Gate champion alongside a former bitter rival, now ally in Dragon Kid. Um, and at this point, with Junction only like being an established thing for less than a month, Junction 3 is hella golden right now, pulling in all the championship riches. Um, you've got Pack, like I say, is your Open the Brave Gate champion. Uh, Pack and Dragon Kid are your Open to Twin Gate champions. In Dragon Gate USA, the Open United Gate champions are Pack and Masato Yoshino. The night before all this happened, Gamma, Masato Yoshino, and Yamato picked up the Open the Triangle Gate Championships. And back in April, Masachi. Why do I keep saying Masachi at the moment? Masaki Mochizuki picked up the Open the Dream Gate Championship. So, yeah, we are slowly bringing down Blood Warriors. Uh, Junction 3, making sure everyone knows not to fuck with them and to ignore blood warriors and kill them essentially so it's going pretty well for j3 right now pack finished off the gate of maximum tour trading wins with blood warriors and then defeated yasushi kanda to kick off the rainbow gate tour heading into july pack would make a new best friend in shingo takagi a beef ff if you will uh they teamed up to defeat blood warriors members akira tozawa and ginki haraguchi as part of rainbow gate i am so pleased about that pun you have no idea uh, I deserve to have this happen though. Pack would lose his Open the Twin Gate Championships uh, that he's only just won, you bastard. Pack and Dragon Kid would lose to the Spiked Mohicans, a team of Shima and Ricochet at the Dragon Gate Kobe Wrestling Festival, Pro Wrestling Festival in Kobe. Uh, their brief championship reign was only 28 days, but we had a 28 day reign as being a champ, 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 golden champ, pack, pack, champ, pack, golden pack thing. Um, so, you know, Wins and losses here and there. Um, tail end of July, though, Pack would then briefly return to PWG in a show opening loss to one Kevin Steen. August, after going through just a blinder for first half of the year, was a little bit more chill for Pack. He would make his only appearance for uh, World Stars of Wrestling, which is a Portuguese promotion. 
He participated in a losing effort in a four-man battle royal. Not quite sure why you'd have four men in the battle royal, but never mind. He would then go on to try and become the inaugural WSW European Champion uh, in a triple threat match, losing to Bammer in a match that also involved Makoto. Heading in September, Pac would make more appearances for Dragon Gate USA once again. Back in June, of course, we had the proper inauguration of Junction 3 and the betrayal of BB Hulk. When one man falls, another must step into his place, and that man was actually Rich Swan. So we have a brand new Amigo to Junction 3, and Pac was teaming with his brand new Amigo uh, alongside AR Fox for Dragon Gate USA chasing the Dragon event in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, AR Fox, a future champion in Evolve, CZW, Lucha Underground, and Dragon Gate USA. Uh, the three, though, were unsuccessful in their six-man tag team captain's full match to Blood Warriors members Akira Tozawa, Shima, and Ricochet. Pac would then lose a title versus title match alongside Masashi Shino, losing the Open United Gate Championships to Open the Twin Gate Champions, Spike Mohicans, Shima, and Ricochet, obviously, also Blood Warriors. Um, it was some bullshit again. Uh, we're losing. We're, it's one thing to not be a triple champion, but to not be a double champion, what's the point of you wrestling? The match had the flippy-dippy prowess of Ricochet versus Pac versus the more stern technical prowess and storytelling of Shima versus Masato Yoshino. Uh, their reign as Open United Gate champions lasted for 224 days, whilst Shima and Ricochet can go be double champions elsewhere because... Pff, Pack quite rightfully threw a bit of a strop and then went back to Japan. Uh, he didn't throw an actual strop. I'm just using it for storytelling of my own. Uh, he went back to Japan for the Stormgate Tour, a successful defense of his one remaining championship, the Open the Bravegate title against Naoki Tanazaki. Uh, Tanazaki previously stole Pack's belt and just said, yeah, I'm the champion now. Um, I don't know if anyone told Tanazaki that is not how that works. Um... Who else has tried that in the last few years? I know Luke Harper. Didn't he do that with the Intercontinental Championship for a while? And then I think MJF did it in AEW, was it? I don't think wrestlers know how you're meant to win championships, which is concerning. Um, but whatever. Tanazaki was like, oh, yeah, this is mine now because I hold it. Pac was like, oh, I'm just going to murder you. So he did. Uh, he did a murder. And he reclaimed his Open the Breakout Championship um, as part of Stormgate, which is nice. You know, you do what you gotta do. Uh, Pack finished off the Stormgate tour with double duty. He teamed up with Junction 3 member Gamma to defeat Blood Warriors members Brody Lee at a speed of level. And Yasushi Kanda, he then participated in a battle royale. Uh, he did not win. Uh, it was won by Shinjiro Atani, a staple of the Zero One promotion, former New Japan Pro Wrestling and Dubsy Dub. Uh is there any worthwhile names? Oh my god, there's so many worthwhile names. You got a well, the whole the whole field for that battle royal. Again, as a reminder, won by Shinjiro Otani. Uh the match featured Akira Tozawa, Brody Lee, BB Hulk, Shima, Don Fuji, Dragon Kid, Gamma, Genki Horiguchi, Masaki Mochizuki, I got it right. Masato, Yoshino, Narukidoi, our boy Pac, Ricochet, Ryo Saito, Shingo Takagi, Super Shisa, 
Taku Iwasa, Yamato, and Yasushi Kanda. All those names, Battle Royale, under 10 minutes, whatever. Pack would then see off September, kicking off the Gate of Victory Tour, teaming up with Yoshino once again in a losing effort to Blood Warriors members Nuruki Doi and Yurikoshe. Before we move in to October, uh, continued the Gate of Victory Tour. It was a bit more of a mixed results this time. Um, winning five, losing four. A lot, a lot of Junction 3 versus Blood Warriors matches. Um, he successfully defended his Open the Brave Gate Championship versus uh, Genki Horiguchi at the Gate of Destiny pay-per-view. And against Dragon Kid, his still his amigo, you know, they're still friends, you know, friendly competition, all that. This was at a Dragon Gate UK event called Yokosuka versus Shingo 3. I wonder what the main event was. And then he would also have a friendly battle with the aforementioned Shingo in a losing effort at Dragon Gate UK Invasion 3 in Hoddesdon, Hertfordshire. What the fuck is Hoddesdon doing having Pack versus Shingo Takagi? What the balls? In a cross-promotion event... Uh, between Dragon Gate and A Merchandise, which is a UK promotion, I want to say. I'm not quite sure. Uh, either way, as part of a UK show, Pac defeated his old pal, Susumu Yokosuka, and then would make his final appearances for IPW UK for more than seven years. Uh, of course, pulling double duty because this is the Brit Rest scene. Pack would first of all defeat Zack Sabre Jr. and then take part in a six-man tag team match teaming up with Mighty Scarl and Lion Kid to defeat Daniel Robert, T-Bone and Zack Sabre Jr. That boy once again. This whole all happening at IPWUK at Highlight Nightclub at the Highlight Nightclub in Portsmouth. Uh, one name of note in there apart from obviously like your Scarl and your Zack Sabre Jr. T-Bone. Uh, he was... I remember him being really prominent in the early days of NXT UK um i don't really think i've seen him much since i'm pretty sure he was in the uk tournament uh he's also a former regular in preston championship wrestling so he's, been, he's he's made the rounds steady entry into november then back with dragon gate usa a six-way elimination fray match why have i put what's a fray match it just looks like an elimination six-man match uh pack was in a losing effort uh, the eventual winner was Ricochet. The match also featured AR Fox, who we mentioned earlier, Rich Swan, Sabu, obviously, and Uha Nation. Uha Nation, of course, grew up to be WWE's Apollo Crews. Uh, this is for DG USA Revolt in Rivera, uh, Massachusetts. Whilst he was over there, he also had his very first one-on-one -on -one match with Brody Lee as a in a winning effort. Uh, I think Brody Lee at this point was a member of the Warriors stable. I think he mo more um appeared for the usa side rather than the japanese side but he he does pop up later on down the line i think he's already made a few appearances in japan but you know whereas pack is pretty much based in japan and makes sputtering appearances in the uk and usa i think brody is based in usa and makes sputtering appearances for japan and maybe even the uk um and then part of the ring of shows that pack's doing also another epic match against uh, Ricochet this time Ricochet picks up the win uh, non-title he doesn't lose his open break championship it's just an exhibition of flippy dippiness we go back to Dragon Gate proper for the Crown Gate tour uh, on date 6 of the show on the 19th that bastard Ricochet after getting that singles win over in the US finally dethrones Pack of his Open to Brave Gate Championship. Pack has held that belt for over a year, 447 days as Open to Brave Gate Champion. 
to this day, as I speak to you on the 28th of March, 2021, um, that is still the longest single run with that championship. Pack understandably took it very well. Um, he's got a habit of losing championships and being very mentally stable. He made sure not to lose for the rest of the tour. Um, as part of Junction 3, would just beat the crap out of Blood Warriors members for the rest of the tour. As we move into December, the angry winning streak extends. Um, he went nearly a month undefeated, to be honest. Uh, as part of Fantastic Gate, on date one, on the 1st of December, Pac teamed up with our old mate, Prince Devitt. Uh, he teamed up with Devitt. They defeated Blood Warriors members Genki Horiguchi and Ryu Saito in Kurokuren Hall. Uh, that was Devitt's sole appearance with Dragon Gate, actually. So, there you go. Pack with Junction 3 would pick up some consistent Ws. There was the wins. Against Blood Warriors on date 11. On the 17th, he would get a singles win against Yasushi Kanda. Pack would then finally lose on night 12 of the Fantastic Gate Tour. He teamed up with Junction 3 brethren. Uh, Rich Swan in a losing effort to Ricochet and Uha Nation. This will take place in Kobe, and that would see off December. I think Pack at this point has finally burnt out all that rage of losing his championship. But before we go into 2012, let's have a, a, a brief look back at the year of our law 2011. Uh, 137 matches overall. As being a triple champion, you could expect a high win rate, and you would be correct. 70.1% win rate, 96 wins. 40 losses and one draw somewhere. I don't remember it. Uh, of course, at this time, Pac was part of a new stable. Then when he went into the year, World 1 dissolved. And in its wake, Junction 3 uh, bloomed. It was a Phoenix stable, if you will. And they are already at war and at odds with Shima's Blood Warriors. Uh, old enemies are now... Friendos, or at least, you know, new stablemates, Shingo Takagi, Dragon Kid, Supashisa, and Susumu Yokosuka. They are now all part of Junction 3, or at least are just friendly. Um, and he ends the year, no, he's not a champion anymore. That hurts. But he had the, like I said, he had the longest reigning Open the Break 8 championship run of all time, even to this date. He had runs with the Open the Twin Gate championship alongside Dragon Kid and Open the United Gate championship in Dragon Gate USA alongside Masato Yoshino. So 2011 has been quite, but well, was quite the year for Pac. Um, really established himself as a big name player, even more so than before. Dragon Gate seems to really, really trust him as far as an in-ring talent goes. And he can pull out incredible matches against um, flippy dippy boys and big strength guys. So you, it, it's starting to make more sense now why um, a big looming figure in the Americas are starting to keep one eye on our boy pack. So there we are. Let's move in to 2012 then. In 2012, Pack would make his debut for New Japan, uh, which is very exciting. Uh, CZW and Hull based promotion New Generation Wrestling. He has significantly less number of matches uh, in 2012 compared to all his years well most of his years prior 72 matches overall which is his least since 2006 even his dragon gate appearances were down to just 44 for that entire year a a big reason for this was 2012 was the year pack signed with wwe um there was a gap in the middle of him signing and him actually 
making his first appearances, obviously got to get him in, get him, I guess, settled, and just give him, like, the basic frameworks about what it's like to be a WWE wrestler as opposed to just being a wrestler because those are so, so different. Um... But yeah, let's get through it all. 72 matches starting in January, and we are already in America land with Chicago based promotion Resistance Pro Wrestling. Um, it's a four way match. Pack, the Canadian Destroyer, and Matt Cross losing to eventual winner El Generico. That match sounds like an absolute belter, I won't lie. It went over 25 minutes, got some of the best um, like light heavyweights in the world. The Canadian Destroyer is, of course, uh, PD Williams a legend of the early TNA X Division days, a two-time X Division champion. And here's a fun fact for you that I looked at. He is one of only two members of the OG Team Canada team, uh, Team Canada stable, to not perform for WWE. Um, a lot of the guys, also got your obvious ones like Bobby Roode and Eric Young. Um, and a lot of the other guys whose name I can't remember would do dark matches or like Sunday Night Heat or even just like backstage bits where they get bitched on. But yeah, Petey Williams, one of only two. The other being A1, who I remember by name. I don't remember what he did. And I think after TNA let him go, he tried for like 10 minutes to be on the indie scene and they just gave up wrestling. So no harm, no loss. But yeah, that's a, that's a fun, a fun fact you could take with you to your next pub quiz. Uh, P.D. Williams, one of only two people not to from Team Canada not to perform under the WWE banner. I even think Scott Damore has done something with WWE. That's how like mind-boggling that stat is. But anyways, staying in Chicago especially, uh, Pack appeared for All-American Pro Wrestling in a win against El Generico. He then went to the East Coast for New York-based Squared Circle Wrestling. He then went back to the West Coast. He must get... I really hope he's got some decent like flyer points or flyer miles, wherever they are. Um, he's bringing his Junction 3 mates uh, to Dragon Gate USA, open the Golden Gate pay-per-view. And they're, they're beating up Blood Warriors. It's, it's a few that's taking over the world at this point. And whilst in California for the open the Golden Gate pay-per-view, Pac is in a losing effort to Akira Tozawa. He then teams up with Masashi Yoshino and El Generico in PWG for Kurt Russell Reunion 3. Are you still in LA? This says in the Western LA airport. Did this match happen on an airport? I've just got visions of the, um, the airport map from Modern Warfare 2. Except there's a wrestling ring somewhere and they're just beating the crap out of each other. I want that to happen now. Um, yes. Junction 3 partner, Masato Yoshino, alongside um, an old friend in El Generico, defeating Akira Tozawa and Appetite for Destruction, which is such a corny name. Um, but it's for corny guys. El Kevin Steen and Super Dragon. Um, they all lost, though. So it can't be. They're not that great, are they? They're not that great. As like a side note, I did also see that this would be. Um, this was meant to be Super Dragon's last ever match. He did come back for a brief run in 2015. Um, but yeah, I'm fairly certain going into this, this was meant to be his one and done sort of thing because I think he just picked up so many injuries over the year. He was like one of the the hallmark staples of that 
California or like uh, West Coast indie scene back in the day, and he just did everything. Um, yeah, it, it it much like Mick Foley, he it he came back, and Ric Flair he came back. So don't trust retirements in pro wrestling is what I'm getting at. Moving into February, and whilst Pack is having the best time over in uh, America, beating up Kevin Steen and um, an old man called Super Dragon um, and El Generico and losing to Akira Sawa. But, you know, just like beating up people here, there and everywhere. Um, in Japan, there is a losing unit that spans Yoshida-style 14-man tag team elimination match. Um, does it? Does it? Does, is all this starting to feel familiar? A loser to spans match happening when Pac isn't there. What could happen? It is his Junction 3 mates, uh, Dragon Kid, Jimmy Susuma, Masaki Mochizuki, Masato Yoshino, Rich Swan, Shingo Takagi, and Yamato taking on Akira Tozawa, BB Hulk, Cyber Kong, Kaze, Naoki Tanazaki, Naruki Doi, and Yasushi Kanda, all members of Blood Warriors. And wouldn't you just bloody know it, Blood Warriors won. In a match that went over an hour, Blood Warriors defeated Junction 3. Junction 3 have been disbanded. Uh, what's that? So technically May, no, technically April this also. 10 months after BB Hulk, Susumu Yokosuka, Masato Yoshino, and Pac formed their brand new alliance with Masaki Mochizuki to try and bring down Blood Warriors. Blood Warriors have claimed yet another stable. Um, and it's the second time uh, a stable associated with Pac has disbanded without him having any import. The third one overall that he's been part of. Uh, if, like, AEW seems to be going away of, like, stable warfare at the moment, with, like, Inner Circle. Uh, the Pinnacles just debuted. Uh, the the Rhodes family bollocks. Um, you've got Death Triangle, but now Laredo Kid is coming in as well, so maybe he's going to be like an extender. So it's the Demon Quadrilateral or something like that. Um, stop making stables with Pack. He is apparently very, very unlucky. Pack would eventually end up returning back to Japan, uh, and he is a he's a lone rider nowadays. Um, he participates in a open the dream gate number one contendership match in a 10-man battle royale uh, he does win he is the number one contender for dragon gates premier championship uh, the battle royale also featured cybercon don fuji e, dragon kid aita kobayashi uh, gamma masato yashino rich swan super shenlong and yasushi kanda uh, there's a lot of names in there that we've already spoken about a lot of names that are already very familiar the one that might not be um aita kobayashi He's known more these days simply as Ata. He is a modern Dragon Gate regular. He is a five-time, as, as of time of recording, a five-time Open the Dream Gate champion, a two-time Open the Break Gate champion, and he's also a former Open the Dream Gate champion. So he is, at this point, a very young, a young lion, so to speak, for Dragon Gate, but he does turn into be one of the staple names of the promotion going forward. Elsewhere, as part of the Dragon Gate Truthgate tour, uh, Pac has a friendly meeting with some of his old J3 brothers. Uh, he teams up with Dragon Kid and Rich Swan in a losing effort to Jimmy Kakatora, Jimmy Susumu, and Masachi. Why do I keep saying Masachi? Masaki 
Mochizuki. Um, fuck Mochizuki. He ruined everything. He's the reason BB Hulk betrayed uh, Dragon, uh, Junction 3 to begin with. Uh, he was in the match that disbanded the group. He's just... Uh, he's. Um, if memory serves, he is like one of the older statesmen of the Dragon Gate promotion. But fuck him. He ruins everything. Um, yeah. Fuck him. As we get into March... Um, Pat gets a few more numbers, uh, no, a number of matches under his belt. He's he had five matches in January. He had five matches in uh, February. In March alone, he had sixteen. So a bit of a bump. He cashed in his Open the Dreamgate Championship opportunity against Shima at Champion Gate Night Two. It was a losing effort, but you know he's in a world title picture. Pack would rekindle an old alliance with a old friend and long-term rival in Naruki Doi. Now, Naruki Doi has been opposing sides of Pack for a while, which I get into a bit more in a bit. Uh, but more recently, he's been part of Blood Warriors alongside, among others, Akira Dozawa, who has decided that Naruki Doi just doesn't cut it anymore and has booted him out of the group, rechristening the group as Mad Blanky. Naruki Doi and Pack have been on opposite sides of each other since Naruki Doi betrayed World One back in October 2010. And... Now they are going to, they're, they're going old school. They're bit getting the band back together. Um, they're reuniting, they're reforming. They're, um, they're slashing Axel Rosing. And, you know, there's 101 different analogies you can do with that. Together as a duo, uh, Pack and Doi defeat the likes of Team Veteran Returns, Mad Blanky and the Jimmies. Pack both alongside Doi as well as a singles competitor would pick up more gates as part of the Glorious Gate Tour. He'd get those tag team victories, as I mentioned previously. Team Victory Returns, Mad Blanky, Jimmy's, etc. Uh, singles wins against KZ and Jimmy Kakatora on the 29th as part of the CZW Dragon Gate USA co-promoted event in Florida. Pack would defeat AR Fox. And this would, to this date, be Pack's only appearance under the CZW banner. I know it's a co-promote show and it's a bit on the nose, but I counted it for TNA. I can count it for CZW as well. As a bit of a wild month in March, April returns to being uh, a bit more tepid and a bit more calm for Pack. Only two matches altogether. Uh, both of them loses, so that's that's kind of shitty. Uh, first of all, for Southside Wrestling Entertainment, it is a losing effort to Mark Haskins. And for New Generation Wrestling, it is a losing effort to Chris Travis. Uh, both those appearances would be his company debuts for both those promotions. Uh, but overall, these would be the final UK appearances Pack would make before signing with WWE in the summer. More on that when we get there. For May, we are back to being busy. Uh, Pack would pick up the Open of Dragon Gate Championships alongside um, World One International. I sort of revived World One that is incorporating. I think it carried on in Dragon Gate USA and is now bled into Dragon Gate. I suppose the other way around. Um, Masato Yoshino, Nuriki Doi. And Pack defeated Jimmy's Genki Horiguchi, Hajimi, Jimmy Kanda, and Ryo Jimmy Saito. Uh, what a weird gimmick. Um, this was for the Dead or Alive pay per view in uh, Nagoya. Pack going back to being a champion again, which is always lovely. And overall, he'd be quite successful with these World One International chums. Uh, World One International at this point, like I said, a lot of former World One lads, Pack, Yoshino, and Doi, plus a lot more uh, foreigners in the mix. Uh, Rich Swan, Ricochet, which is, you know, golly, 
and later on down the line, uh, Johnny Gargano. This was, like I said before, this was down to, as Dragon Gate had their international expansion into Dragon Gate USA, at the time they had World 1 as a committed faction in Japan, it then slowly bled over into America, and obviously Americans and Japanese promote stables a lot differently, so whereas one crumbled, one carried on, it sort of blossomed to its own thing, and yeah, yeah, you, you kind of see how this has all gone. Pax New Stable pick up a lot of wins against Team Veteran Returns. Um, Akatsuki? Akatsuki? Akatsuki. Um, tag teams of Eita Kobayashi and Shima and Jimmy Kakatora and Shisa Boy. Pack back in singles competition would lose a number one contendership battle royale for the Open the Dreamgate Championship on night six of the King Gate Tour. I didn't write down the actual winner because I'm an idiot. And then later on in May, Pack would make his debut for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And oh my lord, what a bunch of matches he had. So it was for the Best of Super Juniors 19 um, tournament, which is their round-robin tournament that they have pretty much every year. Shows off the best light heavyweights in the world. It is generally some of the best wrestling you'll see all year. Um, I want to say it's always a contentious thing to uh, between... New Japan fans about what's better, the G1 Climax or this. Um, I think G1 has lightweights and heavyweights, if I'm remembering that correctly, which I don't think I am because I'm a little bit rusty with my New Japan because I've decided... I've been watching a lot of Joshi wrestling recently, leave me alone. Um, but regardless... Best of Super Juniors, it is a it is a hell of a tournament to be part of, let alone the fact that you are going up against some of the biggest talent, certainly New Japan and elsewhere around the world has to offer. Um the so Pac was part of like the international outsiders for the tournament. Um alongside him you had Alex Kozlov, who'd been making a lot of appearances with Triple A and already for New Japan for Wrestling. Uh memory serves he had a Pretty prominent uh, tag team with Rocky Romero whilst he was over there. Um, Angel De Oro from CMLL. CMLL, there we go. Brian Kendrick, who'd been quite prominent on the indie scene at this point, a former WWE guy as well. I think this, this well, it must have been, but this must have been like a year removed from the, the Brian Kendrick thing where he was unofficially WWE champion for like five minutes. Um, and lastly, Daisuke Sasaki, who was a Japanese freelancer, but making a lot of appearances for DDT um, at the time, and I think still currently. So, you know, a lot of like big international hitters as well, going into New Japan, and in Pac's first match for New Japan Pro Wrestling, for the best of the Super Juniors, he picks up a win over Jushin Thunder Liger, which is insane. Um Newer fans of Japanese wrestling may recognize the name. If you're a fan of WWE, you'll know that he's going into the Hall of Fame, or should be going to the Hall of Fame this year. Should have been happened last year, but then bro blew up. Um, arguably, no one would really give a shit about professional wrestling under the weight of 205 pounds were it not for Jushin Thunder Liger. Um, God, I'm just trying to think of all the moves he made. I'm pretty sure he made the Blue Thunder Bomb. He definitely made the Shooting Star Press. Um... It's only in the last couple of years that I've realized that outside of his usual big flamboyant Power Ranger-like costume, he had um, like a maskless phase. He had the is it Kenshin Liger, which was like his demon phase where I think he tried to stab someone in the head. 
Uh, that's always pretty cool. Uh, yeah, Jushin Thunder Liger is just an insane talent. And obviously, how Japanese promotions handle aging talent versus how North America does it, it's chalk and cheese. Um, but even still, Liger letting a Gaijin go over him in the first match of the Breast of Super Juniors. I still think even 2012 is really, really cool. Um, but then I'm, a, I'm just a mark, ain't I? So what do I know about professional wrestling? <laughs> Best of Super Juniors would continue into June. Uh, there would be a brief interruption so that Pat could defend his Open the Dragon Gate Championship uh, for Dragon Gate, the Gate of Maximum TV show in Kurikun Hall. Pac would successfully defend his title alongside Yoshino and Doi against Windows, which is a team of KNS, Kinoshiro Arai, and Super Shisa. Pac would continue to get multiple huge victories for NJPW for their Best of Super Juniors tour. He defeated Taichi, Angel de Oro, Guido, Prince Devitt, hello, Bushi, and I quite like Bushi as well. Uh, go on to finish top of block A. He made it through to the semi-finals of the Breast of Super Juniors. Uh, he would lose his semi-final match to the eventual winner, Ryusuke Taguchi, uh, the man who has made an offense on throwing his bum at people and wearing a rugby helmet. But the more I watch him, the more I read about him, he was once one of the most prominent light heavyweights the company's ever seen. So again, what the fuck do I know? I haven't gone back and listened to, I haven't gone back to watch his old matches all that much. After getting that minor that minor thing out of the way, Pac returned to Dragon Gate to defend his um, Open the Dragon Gate Championship. Uh, he defended it against Mad Blanky at Champion Gate in Hakata in Night 1. And then the Gate of Maximum Tour again in Night 11 against Team Veteran Returns. Moving into July, and July would be a, a big old month for Mr. Pac. Because um, July was the month Pack signed with WWE. Obviously, things get a little bit weird afterwards, but we'll get there. But for now, yep, Pack is finishing up all his uh, Dragon Gate shows. He's finishing up his um, indie stuff. I think he's already finished his indie stuff by this point. Um, and yeah, we'll go into July with a bit of bitter sweetness. It is the, he's going through it like on Red Dead Redemption 2 when you're going through the forest and it's just playing um, unshaken as you ride on. This this is him. This is him going through Dragon Gate to the tune of unshaken as the as camera switches to like a sepia tone or like a high contrast tone where it looks all dramatic and cinematic. This is, this is packed now. This is, this is where we are. Um, and it's beautiful in my head, quite frankly. Alongside World 1 International, Pac would continue to get wins against Windows, Jimmy's, and Mad Blanky. These wins would contribute to Pac being a defending champion right to the very end. Um, the victory over Jimmy's happened at the Gate of Maximum Night 12 in Osaka. He would defend against Mad Blanky and Team Veteran Returns um, as part of a three-way elimination match for the Kobe Pro Wrestling Festival. Um, Pac, Doi, and Yoshino still picking up the win. And his final show was that match. Um, so Doi, Pac, Yoshino versus Mad Blanky, BB Hulk, Cyber Kong, and Naoki Tanazaki 
and Team Veteran Returns, Don Fujii, Gamma, and Masaki Mochizuki. Fuck you, Mochizuki. Um, this was his last match for the promotion, um, and he gave a beautiful send-off speech. Uh, for five years, Japan has been my home. For five years, Dragon Gate has been my home. I want to thank everyone. I want to thank the fans for being amazing and for making me feel so welcome. I want to thank all of Dragon Gate staff for not just being friends, for being family. I'm, I'm always so far from England, but I feel comfort because I know each and every one of you are my family and I will never forget that. I stand here today as Pac. I stand here today as Benjamin because of you. It is because of you that I am the person I am today and I will forever be grateful to that. Arigato gozaimashi, which is uh, thank you and a really bad way of saying that. So now time has come. It's with a heavy heart, a very difficult heart that I must say goodbye. Minasan sayonara, everyone goodbye. Kobe fans, arigato gozaimashi. Good, uh, thank you. Pac will then officially relinquish his Open the Triangle Gate Championship the following day, ending his run at 78 days. Pac would actually be one of the first NXT signings of the new, proper, what we know now, NXT era. So basically, not FCW and not part of the NXT reality show era. So, uh, yeah, he was signing one of the NXT 5, is it? Pac, Bala. Owens, Zane, and Itami. Um, but the rest are all still to come. Well, I think Zane was still already there by this point. Um, but yeah, this was that was that was Pac in Dragon Gate, and that was Pac in the wider world of wrestling. Um, before going over, going under a a bit of a transformation, we'll so to speak. So August and September, he he did not wrestle. I imagine. Just like preparing, getting acclimated back into America, like moving properly to America. Um, and I imagine there must be some visa shit go to sort out as well. In October, Pac made his NXT debut. It was on part of a house show. Um, he would be a losing effort to Colin Cassidy. Of course, he would grow up to become uh, seven foot tall, big Cass. And this was when he stopped performing under the name of adrian neville which was going to be his um, nxt and wwe moniker just under a week later neville tag teamed with Trent beretta in a losing effort to Corey graves and max bauer uh cory graves of course we know now as the wwe raw announcer he is actually a future nxt tag team champion with neville which we will get to max bauer also is known as axel keegan and he's a multiple time champion with chaotic wrestling and trent beretta is now aew's trent a future never open weight six man tag team champion and a four time IWGP junior heavyweight tag team champion as well, alongside Rocky Romero. Lastly, for October, Pac was in a losing effort to CJ Parker, who would grow up to become Juice Robinson, a two time IWGP US champion, an IWGP tag team champion alongside Dave Finley, and at time of recording, he is the Impact tag team champion alongside David Finley as well, so. He does the right for himself, doesn't he? November sees Neville doing more house shows in the old FCW arena uh, versus the likes of future Roman Reigns. Uh, oh no, I think he was already called Roman Reigns at this time. So yeah, uh, Roman Reigns, Colin Cassidy, Corey Graves, Axel Keegan. And on the 30th of November, Neville picks up. It's really hard to say Neville and not. I want to default the pack. 
Neville picks up his first NXT win against Axel Keegan. And then into December, uh, Pac makes his NXT TV debut with a win over Sakamoto. Uh, Sakamoto, to WWE fans, uh, he he followed Matt Bloom around when Matt came back as Tenzai, Lord Tenzai. He was a, the little man behind him with a robe going, well, saying things in Jap- Japanese. Nowadays, he is better known as Kazma Sakamoto. He makes uh, appearances with Russell One, Noah, and Dragon Gate, where he's become a champion with Noah and Dragon Gate, respectively. Uh, this match wouldn't air until mid-January, so next episode we will talk about it a bit more. Um, it gets a bit confusing, so I will warn. The, because at this point NXT isn't live, they do bulk recordings and then just like slowly disperse them. And oftentimes they don't record them in order. So they'll do like episode 47 and then record 46 and then release them obviously back to front. Um, so it gets kind of confusing. So what's going to happen going forward? Um, because this is the last match Pack had in December. It's the last match of 2012. So that's why I'm saying it now as well. In next episode, I will be going in order of Pack's televised matches so when they actually make it to the screen not when they actually get recorded because else things get messy in terms of like um monthly deadlines and uh maneuvering around what's happening and where and that sort of thing it will make more sense as it goes along but just know going going forward it's going to be an order packs matches from when they are shown to the public not when they're actually recorded um how shows and pay-per-views will remain the same because they all line up as per so yeah it'll make sense when we get there i promise you um, but for 2012, that is it. Um, a 63.9% win rate, winning 46, losing 26 um, from 72 matches. His new stable from the dissolution of Junkie 3 came World 1 International, a sort of like reunion of his old World 1 stable that sort of like took off a life of its own in Dragon Gate USA. With the stable, he won the Open Dragon Gate Championships before having to relinquish him after signing with WWE. He made his debut for New Japan Pro Wrestling as part of the Best of Super Juniors 19 tournament. Again, getting huge wins over Jushin Thunder Liger, Taichi, Guido, Prince Devitt, and Bushi. Um, and yeah, that Open Try and Get Championship reign with Masato Yoshino and Uka Joy lasted for 78 days. And we leave Pac... Nope, we leave Neville, Adrian Neville... In 2012, preparing to make his televised debut in the reformat NXT. Um, so yeah, exciting things happening for Pac right now. This These two years, 2011-2012, I think for Pac, uh, as a, like, for Kayfabe, Pac and for Kayfabe Neville, some of the best years of his career. Um, a multiple-time champion across Dragon Gate and Dragon Gate USA. Um those huge appearances for New Japan. He signed with WWE, which at the time we all thought was going to be really, really good. Oh boy. Um, and yeah, so it's really exciting to see where Pac is at this point. Going to WWE now, like I said, we're going to go in order. For, we're still going to look at his career in order. So obviously January, February, March, yada, yada. Um, for live events and house shows and dark matches and pay-per-views and network events, they'll still be as they happen because they happen like either live or just in that circle of bubbles of shows but when it comes to televised matches because of how the NXT used to work it will be as they get produced to the public um, it was it will make sense as we get there 
Um, I can't wait for him to get promoted to the main roster, spoilers, because that goes back to being live and I can talk about things in order without it being weird because writing up these notes, this is like a glimpse behind the scenes here, writing up these notes, um, first of all, it's really stupid to pick someone whose career has spanned 15 years, 15, 16, 17 years now. Um, I have 75 pages worth of notes and I'm only on page 34, so... Um, a lot of that's down to how I actually wrote out the notes, admittedly, but yeah, it's, it's a, there's a lot going on. Going up to this point, just going through Dragon Gate shows and what he's doing on the UK indie scene and in Europe in general and in America, piece of pish, because it's just, it just shows. When they get produced on like on-demand services or pay-per-view or whatever, it doesn't really matter because they happen when they happen. Um, most promotions aren't up-to-date enough to be able to have so like bulk record and then slowly release going to this where i have to like figure out okay so he he wrestled on tv or for a network taping on the 23rd of june but it doesn't actually get shown to the 1st of august so i need to hold that to one side and do everything that happened in july including the network event which he's going to be showing out and then into august where he's already won the thing so i know what's going to happen it it gave me a lot of headaches and it's made me realize that for the next season, I'm going to do someone who either A, has not been a part of WWE, or B, or NXT, or B, just has had a very short career. And I think I already know who I'm going to do. Um, but yeah, going forward, I'm going to be very careful who I pick now. Because this was a nightmare. But we have all that to look forward to. 2013-2014 coming up next week. Um, if you have enjoyed, if you have hated... If you have no opinion whatsoever about how things are going around here, why not let me know? I've got links and everything sorted. You should now be able to get this on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Uh, but more importantly, wherever you get your podcasts from, at Lifetime Wrestling, nope, at Lifetime Booking, on the social medias, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Tell people they might like it especially people who like pack i like pack that's why i did this in the first place you might like pack you might hate pack whatever just let people know this is a thing um and i can hopefully carry on and i've got plenty of ideas of who i want to cover in the future kara noir julia uh maki ito um dakota kai uh i had a fourth one i was gonna or fifth one i was gonna say but you know i want to look at less big i chose pack because i just love pack but i want to go for slightly smaller characters basically uh ones that people might not be too aware of just uh just for my own sake as well just find out how they got to where they are and also hopefully get some light on some very very good independent or small time performers i know i mentioned Dakota kai in there as well and maki ito who are both like almost viral at this point but you get it i'm just trying to i just want to talk about wrestling for a while just whatever tell your friends fuck off <laughs>